This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whitetails, everyone's favorite big game animal because they're everywhere. (laughs) Only three states, I think, don't have whitetails, so of course... We North American hunters dote on the white-tailed deer, and we outdoor writers write about the white-tailed deer, and I did more than my share over the years. Today on Ron Spomer Outdoors podcast, I will read a story called Whitetails, Never Let Them Know, and it's one of the early lessons I learned about how to be a successful whitetail hunter. This appeared in a magazine called Meyer Lake and Trail. And I don't have any idea what year it was in, but probably the 1980s. So let's just read it and see where my head was and how my hunting went back in that time. White Tales, Never Let Them Know by Ron Spomer. Never let them see you sweat. That's popular advice for competitors in sports and business. Equally good advice for whitetail hunters is never let them know you're hunting. Simply put, a whitetail that hasn't a clue you're on its trail is easier to tag than a suspicious deer that is always looking over its shoulder, sticking to dense cover, and afraid to come out before dark. When you think about this, it's ridiculously basic. Obviously, any deer that didn't know it was being pursued, whether by man, coyote, wolf, or cougar, would be easier to kill. Trouble is, every deer knows it's being pursued every minute of its life. It knows it must maintain constant vigilance, for at any moment it could be set upon and devoured. That is why whitetails look up frequently while feeding, why they like to travel into the wind, why their ears are always swiveling and their noses always testing the breeze. Nonetheless, when these wary animals do not know a human has gastronomic designs on them, They're easier to fool than alerted deer. Thus, a hunter must take pains to never let them know you're hunting. 
Traditionally, this has meant moving slowly and silently afield with the wind in your face or quartering toward you. Good start, but seldom enough to fool a mature buck. Any deer that has survived three or four hunting seasons has graduated to advanced hunter detection. You must counter with advanced hunter deception. Step one, become your query's intimate biographer. Learn more about him than even he knows, and do this months before the hunting season begins. The more you know about a buck's territory, his breakfast nook and dining room, his commuting route in his bedroom, the more effectively you can hunt him. Start by locating shed antlers, rubs, and scrapes in spring when snow melts and before the greenup covers the previous autumn's signs. This is the safest time to be rifling through a buck's private life. If you spook it, it'll have months to recover. What you are looking for are hints about how a specific deer will spend its autumn. A concentration of rubbed trees suggests a core area, the place where a buck will most likely rub again next fall. A line of rubs suggests a travel route. Remember them. The same thing applies to scrapes if you can find them. How many scrapes hint at a central activity area? Note how they relate to rub lines. And next, look for obvious feeding sites such as nearby crop fields, oak woods, etc. Then try to identify dense cover areas where a hunted buck would bed to devoid detection. Lastly, seek out stand sites covering the most productive looking areas and travel lanes. If you're on private land and with permission, erect inconspicuous tree stands. Trim brush to create shooting lanes. These might grow over during the summer, but you should be able to get the bulk of them clear. The idea is to do all this major disrupting activity early so that you don't need to do it and arouse a buck's suspicion closer to hunting season. If you wish to lay eyes on your buck, watch open areas in its territory during summer evenings. Do this from roads and farmsteads with binoculars or spotting scopes. Don't routinely tromp through a deer's living room. Does this sound like a bit much just for a dumb deer? Well, Lynn Leonard, one of the most successful whitetail bow hunters I know, has taken more than a half dozen Pope and Young bucks, including one that grossed over 200 points, and he is this cautious. He has witnessed bucks abandon their core areas for weeks at a time after being spooked from them by prospecting hunters. So take no chances. Step two. Before you actually begin hunting, become odor-free. For years, bow hunters have been known to wear clean rubber boots to avoid laying a stinking trail to their stands. These boots should be stored in a clean, unscented, sealed plastic bag to avoid contamination with oils, dog urine, floor polishes, and other com common pollutants on floors, streets, and walkways. It's important to add heavily scented items to the bag if they are present in your hunting area. Examples include cow dung, cedar branches, apples, plain soil. Foreign scents like fox urine and skunk odor, if used too frequently by too many hunters, can become alarming rather than reassuring. In addition to boots, maintain clean, unscented clothing. Again, the sealed bag trick is ideal. Wash your garments in non-scented hunter soap, dry outdoors on a line, and then store in that bag. If possible, don't put them on until you're in the field and ready to head to your stand. This is most easily done with outer garments. Underwear and shirts can be washed before each hunt. 
Don't forget to include gloves and hats in your deodorizing ritual. A worthwhile addition to the no-odor clothing routine is a scent lock suit. This new garment is pregnated with thousands of dots of activated charcoal that absorb scents continuously. Bowhunters swear by it, noting that many times they have stood directly upwind of deer without being smelled. No descenting program can work unless the participant keeps his body clean. So shower with no scent soap just before your hunt and don't use scented lotions, deodorants, hair oils, etc. Keep your breath fresh by brushing your teeth, gargling and rinsing with baking soda. Avoid spicy foods, garlic and onions. You might try some of those odor-killing breathisher pills as well. Real fanatics give up eating meat for at least two weeks before their hunt, claiming that they no longer smell like a predator and they don't alarm deer. Well, I don't know about that one. Last but surely not least, pay attention to the wind while actually hunting so it doesn't blow from you to your quarry or its expected travel lane. Lynn Leonard is so careful about this that he hunts certain big buck core areas only when wind conditions are perfect. There's no sense screwing it up and letting them smell you, Leonard told me. They'll remember that, and they'll avoid your stand for the rest of the season. Most archers erect two stands near their best trails, using the one appropriate for the wind conditions. When approaching any hunting area, avoid crossing any trails that you expect deer to use while moving toward your ambush site. Similarly, approach so that your scent doesn't blow toward where you expect the deer are such as feed fields in the morning or beds in the late afternoon. Step three, disappear. Yeah, they can't see you. They can't be spooked, right? Well, various studies have proven that deer see colors poorly. I've had plenty of them ignore me while I was in plain sight wearing blaze orange. Motion is the clincher. As long as you stand still, you're generally ignored except by wary old buck's who recognize something's out of place in their territory. For this reason, camouflage is a good idea where legal. Select any pattern that matches the tone of the habitat you hunt. Avoid overly dark or overly light patterns and be aware that frequent washing fades most camouflage clothing to a frightening paleness. This shouldn't happen given the availability of color-fast dyes these days, so if your outfit does fade, Try dunking it in a brown, green, or gray dye. Because you move your hands and face most often, darken them with camo paint, gloves, or masks. Make sure the mask doesn't obscure your vision or your sight picture. By the way, if you're sitting 10 feet up a tree, don't assume you're invisible. Whitetails learned to look up long ago. Step four, speak no evil. Don't whisper, don't cough, don't even blink out loud. Well, that might be overstating it, but sounds are a natural part of nature. Pine cones fall, branches snap, birds and animals cry out. You won't blow your hunt with a single noise, but it is best to avoid uniquely human sounds like repeated coughing, a walking cadence, a squeaky bow limb or a rifle swivel. Use cough syrup or drops, walk, walk in fits and stops much like a deer and maintain your gear for soundless running. Pad your bow rests and oil your moving parts. There's nothing quite so frustrating as spooking a buck with a bow cable screeching just as you're coming to full draw. Step five, break up your routine. No matter how careful you are, a battle-wise buck will get suspicious if it detects more than a couple of oddities in its core area. The faintest man smell 
on trailside weeds just might put it on edge one day. If it detects the odor again the following day, or perhaps hears a peculiar sound in the area, or catches a strange movement in a nearby tree, well, it might abandon that trail. This doesn't mean the buck will leave the country. It'll just play it safe and move just enough or delay its normal travel times to a degree that you don't get a shot. If at any time you think you've alerted your quarry back off for a few days or move to another part of its territory to give it time to calm down. Step six, use gimmicks judiciously. Rattling, grunting, and decoys, they can and do work, but not on an old buck who's been tricked before. Once they've been duped and frightened, they'll avoid such traps forever. Lynn Leonard has tried all of these tricks, and he's had each work, but never more than twice on the same buck, and rarely on really old trophy rack bucks. For that reason, he only rattles, grunts, and sets out decoys when conditions are optimum and chances for success are extremely high. This means Leonard will do his rattling and grunting when he knows a buck is within hearing, has no idea a hunter is near, and can move within shooting range without crossing a scent trail. His best luck comes about a week before the first doe comes into estrus. At that time, bucks are ready to breed and they're eager for action. Once the rut kicks in, only younger bucks really respond to calls because the old guys are preoccupied with the ladies. One exception to this is a doe decoy. Properly used, a decoy can fool even an old buck once. If you catch him between trysts, he might come running to the site of a temptress in his territory. It helps to add motion to that decoy. A bit of cotton on a thread glued to the tail might do the trick. You might try grunting to draw a buck's attention to the decoy, and sometimes rattling will also work. But be forewarned, in areas where many hunters have tried these tricks, bucks might actually run away from them. Once burned, twice shy. Obviously, bow hunters will have more chances to unobtrusively hunt bucks. Once hordes of gun hunters have entered the fields, normal deer routines are pretty much messed up. Still, if you know a core bedding area and you can set up inside of it without leaving any sign of yourself, you know, you could be sharing the bed with a buck of your dreams shortly after the morning firearms shooting begins. Even if you're merely still hunting good-looking habitat without prior knowledge of how many or what size bucks are living there, your chances for success go way up if you see them before they detect you. They have to smell you, hear you, or see you, or bump into you. And if that happens, you're close enough. Shoot. Regardless of place, regardless of season, your odds for success go way up if the deer never know you're hunting. Well, that's the way it was back in the day. It still is. <laughs> Whitetails, of course, don't change. They uh, understand us all too well sometimes. And that's why it's important for us to understand them. You know, since those days when I, I bow hunted quite a bit, I have not been quite as cautious because with a rifle, you can get away with more. You're just further away. Uh, the, the sounds and motions are less likely to attract their attention. What I have noticed over the years is that big bucks and even does, just pretty much any whitetail, have an area around them in which they really pay attention. And it's kind of called the, the predator strike zone area, I call it. It's the where the coyote, the cougar, the... 
the wolf, any animal that's going to attack them could be close enough to really be a threat. And that's probably, well, the closer, the more alert they are. So something 10 yards away is really going to get their attention. 40 yards away, a little less likely. 100 yards away, a lot less likely. 300 yards away, sometimes they'll almost ignore it. And I've tested this on quite a few deer, even by moving into the wind current and blowing my scent to deer out in a field 400 yards away. I can tell when they pick up the scent, they, they will lift their heads and sniff a little bit and look around, but they don't spook. They start to maybe shy away a little bit or they're more cautious as they feed and then they gradually shade to the other side of the field and they'll sometimes stay out there, keep feeding. But they know that way off in the distance, there is potential for trouble. But if they don't see somebody and add it up with the sight or with the scent, they probably stay there. But the next day, they might not come back. And I've seen that many a time. So it's the same thing with motion. That seems to be the most damaging uh, to your success. But I've done, I've even done a lot of motion in the open while hunting whitetails and being surprisingly successful. I will have prairie deer walking across or feeding out in a big open country. And I will stalk to them just walking straight up, watching them. And if their head's down feeding, I'll just keep slowly walking toward them and then freeze. Once I'm inside of about 300 yards, I'll I'll hunch over so I'm less of a vertical man-like target. And they will sometimes snap their heads up like they do to look around. And if I've frozen and they haven't seen me move, they can look right at me and not recognize me. I can't guarantee this is going to work for you, but boy, I've seen it more often than not. So if I need to, in the wide open, I will cross big open country, keeping my eye on the deer that I'm stalking. And as long as it's looking down and feeding and acting normal, I don't worry too much about being hidden. Even while I'm wearing blaze orange, they probably see that as yellow. You know, they see it from blue to yellow on the spectrum. They don't go into the ultraviolet. They don't go into the infrared. So they probably don't see reds or oranges. Everything, once it gets to the yellow part of the wavelengths of light, that's about it for them. So it's not hugely spooking to them as you might imagine it is. But all of those things you want to take into account but it never hurts to be extra cautious. Taking chances is one thing, but if you really, really want to be cautious, like I said in this article, written primarily for bow hunters because I was doing a lot of that back then, those are the precautions you have to take when you're really getting close. So um, take, take the advice for what it's worth, guys. Give it a try. You probably know some things that I don't. Um, and maybe some of the cautious approaches that I take aren't necessary, but it never hurts to be on the safe side. So this is wishing you all good luck and successful hunting. Until next time on Ron Spomer Outdoors podcast, this is Ron Spomer wishing you good hunting and hunt honest and shoot straight. fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. 
On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. 